lost nothing. Welcome to the New Hampshire Journal podcast presented by the Josiah Bartlett Center for Public Policy, where you will find Drew Klein working as hard as he can to hand out vaccine shots and free beer. Is that right? Man, you're just letting the secret out. So we're going to get to later in the podcast why the so alleged free market uh, capitalists of the uh, Giovanni Bartlett Center are in fact in favor of government giving away free stuff. Giving yes, but, free stuff. Uh, we want to but, give away free stuff. But don't, let's don't give that away first because I okay. think Drew Klein, as as you know, as unimpressed I am by your intellect, you have come up with a brilliant comparison for how America is at this moment totally insane, and that we are living in the upside down from the, you know, the TV show, what's what they call it? The upside yeah, down? Stranger Things, Stranger yeah, Things. Stranger yes, things. we are. We're living and upside down. We're living down. there on the economy and on vaccines. In other yep. words, reality is, uh, is A, and yet politicians, public policy is Z. We have got these two things completely upside down. Start with the economy. Well, so this is a pet peeve of mine, and, and I feel like, and we talked about this offline, like, I feel like I'm going nuts the last couple of weeks. I feel like I'm actually going crazy, and maybe it's just part of getting older. Um, you know, as you get older, you feel like everybody else is dumber. I don't know, but I, I don't understand what's going on in the world, and I have to, like, check myself with other people say, am I going crazy? Is this actually happening? So, you know, the Biden administration is pushing $6 trillion in spending targeted to bring America back, get jobs back, American recovery. We're going to you know, bring the kind of stimulus. And, you know, we're spending more than the entire federal budget on getting the economy going before the very first one of these bills was signed that spent, you know, around $2 trillion. The economy was already growing at more than 6% in the first quarter. The economy's back. We have 15 million unfilled jobs in the United States. Before the pandemic hit, we had 10 million unfilled jobs in the United States. The economy's booming. It's back. We are uh, within 1%. Right so that, that number is too important. Yeah. yeah. The, everyone agrees that we love him or hate Donald Trump. We had an amazing economy, particularly for jobs and for employment for guys without college it's degrees. Beautiful, I mean, it beautiful was a big, economy. And you're telling me that as hot as that economy was, there are 50% more unfilled jobs now than there were then. Correct. Roughly 50% more now. A large, almost all of that could be attributable to um, the number of people, the roughly, you know, 4.6 million or so people who left the workforce <laughs> as a result of COVID. Sure. So a lot of people dropped out of the workforce for um, obvious reasons during COVID, but they haven't come back. So as the vaccines have gotten um, going, the economy has gotten booming again, people have some of that December uh, stimulus money, you know, in their bank accounts, they're spending and um, it's booming. And now politicians want to do a couple of things. One, they want to continue spending money on stimulus and job creation. I mean, Biden said in his speech that you know, we need to invest in infrastructure and job and infrastructure is all about jobs. And he actually said something to the effect of, you know, climate change. It's really about jobs. <laughs> and they're like, we don't have a job openings problem. <laughs> we have a problem of people being on the sidelines, not wanting to get back into the workforce. So Spending all that money is not going to solve this problem. Um, and and uh, then you have politicians like the handful of Democrats in New Hampshire who did a May Day stunt at a restaurant in Pembroke to 
wait tables to show that there was a need for a $15 minimum wage. And I'm not sure of the connection there, but that's what they did. And um, yet New Hampshire businesses are raising pay at very rapid rates and doing signing bonuses. Um, so we looked at, at the Bartlett Center, and you can find our report this weekend on um, jbartlett.org. We decided to just look at this. Well, they're saying you have to have a $15 minimum wage um, because we need to raise pay. What's happened to average pay in New Hampshire in the last year? So from March of 2020, um, looking back to March of 2021, uh, that year, um, the average weekly pay in New Hampshire has gone up by $2 unbelievable that that is one that's, year. that's in one year the average weekly pay has gone up by two dollars the average uh, i'm sorry that's average hourly pay average hourly pay has gone up sure. by two dollars average weekly pay has gone up by 87 dollars in one year that's just huge and at the same time those numbers are there um at the same time these democrats uh there's only a couple of them there's some legislators doing this publicity side um we looked at um, some hiring posts in New Hampshire. I'll give you a couple of examples. In Portsmouth, there's a restaurant offering cooks 22 bucks an hour and a $500 signing bonus. <laughs> restaurant work. There is um, a new cafe opening up in Salem that's offering up to $22 an hour plus a $600 signing bonus. I found a hotel in Portsmouth that's offering a $200 signing bonus and $16 an hour for front desk work. So um, you can go through the, the list of job postings and their signing bonuses glory there's pay raises you get $15 an hour starting pay walking in the front door no skills at target so um, the market is pushing wages up the market is trying to solve this problem um, there really isn't the demonstrated need for the government to step in and, and mandate increase so, pay so if I understand this right so you've got politicians at a restaurant working saying you've got to raise wages to $15 an hour while people are already earning more than fifteen dollars an hour. I remember. I think the average weight person earns like twenty-two bucks an hour. Is that right? Well, well, yeah. So that's when you look at um, tipped wages. Yeah. So uh, the restaurant association um, says in New Hampshire, the average wait staff, yeah, they make three something an hour in their pay from the restaurant, but they average uh, twenty-two dollars an hour take-home pay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. If you're in New Hampshire and you're working for $7.25 an hour, the federal minimum wage, it's not them. It's you. It's, it's you. You're doing it's it's definitely so, you. So let me finish. Let me finish. So you've got, yeah. we, we, we've got to, we've got to fight to have the government raise your wages to below what they are anyway. And we've right. got to dump trillions of dollars to create jobs that are happening. Anyway, it's like, you've got to, you know, a Lamborghini racing down the highway and here are these <laughs> nitwits with their jumper cables going, we've got to jump the car. We've got to jump yeah. the car. It's all yeah, that's, they're going. chasing after it. Yeah. That'd be a great editorial cartoon. If you are an unskilled teenager or college student in New Hampshire, literally in all of New Hampshire history, there has never been a better time to work. You can be making massive amounts of money this summer if you just go out and get any job, I mean, there's an, I found an oil change place, one of those quick lube sure. kind of things. They're having a drive-through job fair. Act like you're getting an oil change, <laughs> show up. They will interview you on the spot and offer you a job right there in your car. 
But here's the That's problem. That's how desperate places are. Here's the problem. Richard Labors over at the State Department of Employment Security says that they've held eight job fairs that the state's been involved in. They're not including the many, many private you know, and industry-specific ones like healthcare. Or whatever. This is just job fairs the state was involved in. They were trying to fill 16,500 jobs. Only 600 people even showed up. So I'm now asking you yeah. not – how great the jobs economy is, but why aren't these jobs filled? Why aren't people going to work? Because the on the Friday that we recorded this, a federal jobs report came out that showed that job, uh, in the number of, of new people employed was actually about half of what had been anticipated. So why are there unfilled jobs in this economy? I ask you, Drew Klein. Well, we, we looked at that question when called some economists and talked to some state folks and, um, you know, Universally, economists will tell you um, it is uh, it is the labor participation rate. Like people just are on the sidelines, and they, there's a certain percentage of the population of the workforce, what would be the workforce, that has decided I'm not going back to work. Why? And we've identified um, three main reasons that economists are telling us. One is fear of COVID. So people are just there are certain percentage that are just afraid to go back because they don't want to get sick. Uh, number two, unemployment benefits. So that $300 additional benefits a week, um, we are being told by um, economists, by business owners, um, that that is having an effect. And I'll give you one example um, how this is not just a right-wing talking point. Right? The restaurant in Pembroke, where the Democrats had their protest uh, uh, for minimum wages on May 1st, is, is co-owned by, you know, the guys who own it are really progressive activists. One of them told the union leader in a story a couple of days ago that the $300 additional benefit was making it hard to hire people. So even progressive <laughs> activist restaurant owners are saying it's it's having an effect. And um, schools being closed has made um, a, a, has had a really profound effect. I mean, there's been studies to show that that has had a serious impact on women's participation in the labor force. Women have either quit their jobs or um, dropped out, and so. Those three things combined are kind of the big three reasons why it seems like you have a, a large chunk. I mean, nationally, it's almost 5 million people who just um, are reluctant to get back in the labor force right now. And so there aren't a lot of things that you can do to address that as from a government standpoint. Um, one of them, obviously, would be to phase out that $300 um, uh, unemployment insurance benefit uh, bonus, but that doesn't that last till September, which is going to just continue to lag on on labor force for that time, uh, to the extent that that's uh, a factor. And then you know, but one of the others that Governor Sununu uh, is trying to do is to say, you know, what we're going to reinstate the work search requirement for unemployment benefits. If you're getting benefits, you have to prove to us that you're looking for a job. And before anybody says, well, that's just a conservative, you know, Republican, you know, trick or you know, right. what do you mean? Um, Maine, which is um, run by a Democratic governor, is doing the same thing. They also announced they're going to do that. So um, for the same reason, they were trying to create an incentive for people to get back to work. So um, and opening schools and making sure that daycares uh, can reopen safely, making sure that summer camps are open. Um, all those things are going to help. OK, so the the old right wing position was don't pay people to not work because when you pay people to stay home, they stay home. The new hate filled right wing position is we'll give you money 
<laughs> from the government for showing up to work. So this is government giveaway number one here, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tracking at home. Citing Montana's severe workforce shortage, Republican Governor Greg Gianforte said this week, the state will be the first in the nation to end the pandemic employment benefits, those extra enhanced 300 bucks that you were talking about per week, and replace it with a $1,200 bonus for unemployed workers who return to work. He's going to incentivize people to reenter the workforce Drew Klein by giving them the money not for staying home but for showing up. Kind of like that. So he's right. Incentives matter, and right now we have an incentive um, to to not work. I mean, the governor is provi government's providing an extra incentive to stay home. So if you're gonna have extra federal money, that's you know sent there for workforce things. Why not take some of that and say, look, here's a signing bonus. Hint, hint, Go Chris Sununu. Hint, hint. Yeah, There's no I mean, reason Wyoming has to be the only one. Now, you also mentioned uh, Montana, wasn't it? Mont uh, Montana. Thank you. Thank you, Montana. Yes, you also mentioned like there's a difference. Big square state where nobody yeah, lives right, and they yeah. run from bears. I mean, what, what do I care? Uh, the other thing you mentioned is, uh, uh, you know, people dropping out of the workforce. Uh, Joe Biden mentioned in his speech the other night that two million women have dropped out of the workforce. We've got to do something about that. Uh, excuse me. Two million mothers doing women with children have dropped the workforce and i remember thinking mm -hmm. to myself if only there was some building that could be open <laughs> during the day where children could gather while their parents went to work if only there were uh new numbers out this week show that the good news is that more you know very few schools are at zero in school time everyone's yeah. at either hybrid or full learning but the hybrid and uh, stay-home models are still wildly disproportionately in blue states. Yep. In red states, the schools are open close to normal. In blue states, you still have strange schedules of one day off, three days on, nine days off, you know, it's just whatever. But, and it just makes it harder. Uh, and so, like you said, incentives matter. Open the schools on a regular basis, and then mom and dad can go back to work. Yeah, and there's, there's data on that. I mean, um, when you look at uh, was a, there was one study, academic study I saw um, that pointed out, I think it was Washington University of St. Louis did a study, I think, um, that uh, in states where schools were mostly remote um, or uh, you know mostly home or hybrid, the women's participation labor force was um, many points lower. Right. Like, so, um, so it definitely, I mean, there's academic research back it up. It's definitely having an effect. And uh, but let's get you to know, that open third schools, open the daycares. Right. And, and, but you yes, mentioned, so you mentioned three things. So stop paying people to stay home, reopen the schools in, in the normal sense of reopen, not the bizarro sense. And then the third, you mentioned a fear of COVID. And this is, yeah. I think maybe the most intractable one we've been, yeah. I, I don't know that any other media outlet in New Hampshire has been writing about the fact that the rate of people getting their vaccines has been plummeting particularly since the J&J &J decision, which will mm -hmm. go down in history as one of the worst uh, public health fiascos. I mean, I, I've never been an Anthony Fauci basher, but I'm, I'm ready to, I mean, he's, he, I'll, I'll put it this way. He's a underwhelming person at his job. If he were your waiter, you'd tip him 15% out of politeness. He's just not very good at his job. He might be great at medicine, but the communicating part and the strategy part, he's terrible. He, uh, and, the communicating part has been disastrous. Uh, no, you can't, you can't you lie about to people. And, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I'm not to pick on Dr. Benjamin Chan too, but you can't lie to people and tell them things that aren't true. 
and then say later, well, I was just trying to convince you to do something. You can believe me now. I mean, you, you just yeah, can't. Yeah, you can't. So you can't do that. the mixed messages, the claims that we don't know that the vaccine will stop the spread. I mean, I, I still think that's uh, not to pick on Dr. Chan was just such a not good thing to say. Now we're in this position where people who don't want to get the shot have all kinds of mixed messages that they can hide behind not to get the shot. Yeah. But this is to me, this is the number that matters. Before April 13th, we were doing almost 10,000 new first-time vaccines a day. We are now down to about 4,500. And that trajectory is, in other words, it's not 4,500 and plateauing. It's going, it's been going down the seven-day average every day, a rolling average going straight down. We had uh, uh, a, a, a gallon or whatever, you know, truckload of J&J &J vaccine a week ago, ready to be given away. Two thirds of it went unused. And you, I remember you drew telling me about when the vaccine first hit, you were, you had like five devices open. You were trying to log, log on for your appointment. <laughs> you were fighting the computer. Now we're one step away from yeah, get a free, get a take a gas, get a free uh, shot. And I don't know that we'll get people to get the shots. Are we going to be able to overcome the job resistance that comes from fear of COVID and, and people not getting vaccine vaccinated. Yeah. So fear of COVID seems to be the biggest factor in keeping people on the sidelines uh, when it comes to getting back in the workforce. Let's first acknowledge that New Hampshire has done a stellar oh, job. So the best, far, right? So six, six, literally the best in the country, 60%, 60 plus percent That's of the right. population getting a first shot. Um, if you, if you look at, if you compare us to um, Israel, Israel had a massive drop in, in COVID and the Lancet, the, the British Journal of Medicine there said, um, you know, when they cross 50% of the whole population getting vaccinated or the eligible population, um, that's when they really seem to get it under control. And so we are on our way to having, um, you know, more than that, a higher percentage getting fully vaccinated. When we get there, um, you are, and we've already seen a big reduction in um, all the metrics on COVID. So um, once we get there, you're going to see even further reduction. But you make the correct point that it's concerning that the vaccination rate has gone down, the number of people getting it. So we want to create incentives for people to do that. And one of the things that the polling has found, and it's again, one of those things that makes me feel like I'm going a little insane, is that people who have said that they have no intention of getting vaccinated, think they are fully safe to go out. Yep. And, and, and let me just add a caveat to that. Maine, there's a story in Maine this week that their hospital ICUs are now filling back up with unvaccinated people. So um, just let that sink in. Right. Um, so unvaccinated and people who say they don't want to get it are think they're safe and can go out and do all kinds of things uh, without masks and without any other precautions. People who have been fully vaccinated still think they're unsafe. <laughs> so it is, we're living in the upside down to some extent. Yes. And I just want to get back to normal. Um, I, I got to so ask, I got to ask. You saw, <laughs> you saw Joe Biden and Mrs. Biden, Dr. Dr. Mrs. Biden visiting the Carters. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen the photo of oh, them yeah. looking like yeah. they're about to start singing Follow the Yellow Brick Road. I mean, it's, it's a bizarre yeah. photo, it really is. Yes. They have no masks and they're like sitting in the laps of the Carters. Yes. Then they leave and they put on their masks to go outside. Yeah, it doesn't. And then it, they cut exactly after the that. Opposite. The literally, the next story is 
Kamala Harris and her husband getting, you know, heading off to some trip and she's got to leave and they kiss each other, which is sweet, you know, seeing a couple of yeah. love. They're both wearing masks while they kiss. What the, why, yeah, why even, I just, why, why pretend to, I mean, if you have a mask on, just don't do that. It's just bizarre. And again, this goes back to um, how the government can poorly message these things. So when Biden is outside, not anywhere close to other people wearing a mask and then goes inside and takes it off. <laughs> that is the opposite of CDC guidance. It's just sending the wrong message, confusing people. It just, you don't, again, we're, we're all going crazy. We all live in the upside down. I'm going crazy and everybody else, I don't know, something's going on, but you know, to get back to government spending money, right? So here's where the Bartlett center is going to advocate spending more government money. So, we have an issue messaging vaccines, right? right. So um, a YouGov poll found that people who say they don't intend to get vaccinated already think that they're safe and they already think they're free to do what they want. So telling them that vaccines are the passport to a free life and back to normal isn't the message that works because they already think that they're. Right. So my idea is to copy, and I got this from New Jersey, I can't claim credit for it. Of all places, New Jersey had a good idea. They partnered with uh, um, some of their craft breweries to offer free beer to everybody who shows up with a vaccine card. So I think New Hampshire has some fantastic craft breweries and we should partner with our craft breweries, but we shouldn't put the cost on them. We have some leftover COVID funds. We're getting more COVID funds. Sununu has said that he wants to do some creative stuff with this COVID money. I think, in all seriousness, we should create some partnerships to give away free stuff. Oh, absolutely. Because the messaging about, um, look, you're going to make your community safer. It's going to be more freedom for you. That's not working anymore. We need some other incentives. I would partner with um, craft breweries for sure. Free beer. Now, um, that may violate some of our ridiculous <laughs> state laws that govern. It's an emergency. Away, but yeah, executive order. Emergency get rid power. Of exactly. Come on, yeah. governor. I want my uh, my uh, 603 for free. I want my Henniker yeah. for free. And we got oh, some man. great beer. Schilling, Henniker. Um, I mean, you go through um, Woodstock Inn. I mean, I don't want to continue naming. I'm going to leave a bunch of good breweries out you're, because there's all, too many. You can't possibly name them all. That's but yeah. You, but so you, so for a certain portion of the population, free beer like that's it. And then um, we have a lot of Dunkin' Donuts franchisees mm -hmm. that are Republicans. Um, why not just call them up and say, look, you know, free donut. Krispy Kreme's doing Krispy it. Krispy Kreme is doing it. Exactly. And I can tell you from personal experience, there's, boy, there's really nothing more satisfying than walking into Krispy Kreme and being given a free donut. <laughs> it's just the most glorious it's thing. It's great. And so free coffee. They don't have to give away a donut. Free coffee. Right. That's what nah, they're donut. really. They, you want to get away the donut. Beer and a donut is a good start. Dunkin', and then, Dunkin Donuts is a coffee shop. Absolutely. It's not a donut shop. So you go in, you give free coffee. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and then we just find other bit, whatever, partnerships, coupons, businesses, free, whatever. I want free Fisher Cats tickets. Right. I want free whatever. <laughs> just, you know, use some of that COVID money to buy people free stuff. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the free market capitalist Josiah Bartlett Center. That's right loading up on the free stuff bandwagon free stuff. i hope you're all happy yes we want to give away government money we want to be israel we want to be a country there, there's a uh terrific podcast called post corona that uh dan senor uh a uh a kind of a thought leader or whatever it does and he's been doing it for months looking forward to what 
the post-corona world is going to look like and how to plan for it, et cetera. Uh, and his latest episode is he spent two weeks in Jerusalem and, or, or in Israel, I should say, and just to, they're done. They are done with COVID. And I don't mean they're done like I'm just sick of it. I mean, they're actually done. They've reached the level of vaccinations and life is going on. And you hear that and you want to be part of it. Yeah. And we can be part of it. And I think your example about the town, you know, if New, if New Hampshire get serious if we can get you know people to buy in and get their free stuff and get into the let's be number you know first in the nation and in, in the primary first in the nation in the you know the shots and well, make yeah, well first america freedom, party you know? central we're the place we got our shots and we are partying down yeah. uh come come hang out with us america yeah and i don't know that we mentioned that um town in this podcast we were talking about it but uh oh, yeah tell I, about I, it. I, I'm, so in brazil wall street journal had this great story um brazil did an experiment with one of their towns a small town um and they got everybody who was eligible vaccinated like almost almost 100 percent of eligible adults were vaccinated and um COVID collapsed they have no deaths no hospitalizations their transmission rate disappeared almost and they are they have it totally under control it worked getting fully vaccinated um works and so you know it's just another example you look to that you look to israel places where they have hit that magical percentage of people being fully vaxxed it's they're they're back to normal and you know again it's not just that you back to normal i mean you can say well, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I will just go ahead and behave like everything's back to normal. Right. But you then you will continue spreading the disease and you will continue to have this thing linger on. So that's well, why I don't know. You know there, there is a point the there key. is a point where enough people have the vaccines where you're not going to be spreading it because they're going to be vaccinated. Right. But you can still but you need get enough the of disease. those. Right. You, you need to shrink the number of people who um, are going around without a vaccine. No, you're, right. you're absolutely right. right. As well, Maine, I just want to you know mention it again. Maine this week saw a, a, a surge in their ICU cases uh, of COVID cases, and they're all unvaccinated people. So it just underscores the importance of getting that vaccine. So we can get back to normal, like having a normal New Hampshire Journal podcast again. Yay. So our apologies for uh, having uh, not gotten this together. Insanely busy. It just begins to describe it. But I have my shots. I'm fully shotted up. In fact, I went ahead and got a... Uh, uh, rabies, diptet. I said, throw them all in there. I'll take whatever, whatever you got. I, <laughs> I got it. And, uh, how about you? Are you shot it up yet? I, so I did both of mine at the, at the New Hampshire motor speedway, which was glorious. It was so fun. You got to drive around the track. Unfortunately, they wouldn't let us race and do a victory lap. I really want to do a victory lap around the track, but, um, that was frowned upon. So, but it was fun. It was great. I wish they would do that. I mean, those those mass sites are are no more, unfortunately. But um, I had a good well, time because the masses good. are no more. I mean, you could, they could do them, but then yeah, be yeah the there. there. Maybe we we they should do it and and see. There's another incentive. Um, you show up at the speedway, you get to do a victory lap. I, I agree. No, that's a great idea. I'd get that's another cool. vaccine just to do that. I I'd think... get I'd get a third shot <laughs> just to do the victory lap at the speedway. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for listening to this edition of the New Hampshire Journal podcast. Please sign up for our daily newsletter. Just go to nhjournal.com. You'll also find some reporting there. I find pretty good. And if you're looking for Drew Klein, the Josiah Bartlett Center, you should go to jbartlett.org and you will find all of our content there as well as uh, the ability to sign up for our newsletter, which comes out every Friday. And warning, we have not had this podcast evaluated for viruses. So if you haven't had your podcast shot, it's on you. Now, this for podcast is definitely infectious. <laughs>
I'm Michael Graham. Thanks so much for listening to the New Hampshire Journal Podcast. Thank you.